you've ever heard of the word Luddite, Jake is the exact opposite. He's an anti-Luddite. He's the biggest fucking nerd in the world. He, he loves technology. <laughs> in the best sense of the, of the term. Oh, he's oh, hella, oh, he's crazy smart. Yeah, of course. Yo, Jake, by the way, Adam Atrari threw Ben Mendy out of the fucking club. It was so bad. Really? Just threw, just tossed him. It was it was incredible. Like because Ben Mendy was was fucking with the ball and it was like an eighty second minute, and uh, it was in the corner and he was gonna try and like out muscle Torre. Torre literally throws him out of bounds, takes the ball, sends the ball across the middle, goal. It was incredible. Ben Mendy just looked at him and was like, "Oh my god, I just got yeah, he's sunned." A, he's a big boy. And that was after Torre's goal, goal, right? Because he had the goal, the opening goal for them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was the this was to equalize, and then they ended up winning. Yep. With Nuno, Espiritu Santos, and La Familia. All right, we ready to go? Let's go. <laughs> I do <knew> both <laughs> like that. Oh, uh, well. What's up, listeners? This is the London is Calling podcast. I am your very pissed off host, Carlito. I am joined as always by my very gracious and congenial. Co-host, Paulinho, how we doing? We've been better. Yeah. And back, uh, back home losses, Carlito. Yeah. And uh, we are joined by, I don't know if this is backed by popular demand, but we've got a recurring guest here, my boy, Dortmund superfan, JB. How we doing, Jake? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. Excited yeah, to talk yeah. some football this weekend. Oh God! I don't know. I don't know if what I saw was football, but yeah, let's get into yeah, it. That's true. <laughs> Love it. Jake's back by Paulinho's popular demand. Absolutely, absolutely. He's the one that advocated for it. So, as I alluded to, first time in eight years that we've lost back-to-back home games. Wow. Seems to be an alternating win-loss. Uh, pattern regardless of the venue we're playing at mm-hmm. and this is the fifth defeat in our last seven well, not good fellas not good I have to say this has always been our brand but our brand is crisis we sure. do our very best when we are under the gun but that doesn't seem to be the case right now because I think we're beyond crisis I think that five losses in seven league games is – it's a catastrophe. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, it's opportunity lost, right? And yeah, you look at everyone else around them. I mean, that's that's the number one thing I think of, right? We were in a good spot. I mean, the last time we talked. And yeah, we're, now we're – I mean, we're still in a pretty decent spot. But there was opportunity that we've lost. That's about, That would be my biggest takeaway. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. we're talking 15 points lost. We could have really used those 15 points right now. I believe we would be in second if we had all 15 of those points. And shit, I would have taken five of those points. Right, but to exactly. have five and seven defeats is not just disheartening, but I almost feel disillusioned. And I hate that I feel used to losing because that's not something that a fan would ever want to feel and, or, or an athlete for that matter as well. But I am getting used to these losses, and that is alarming to me. It's the bottom feeder teams. Yeah. It's, it's more than a trend now. 
So let's let's get into it. The starting lineup. There was three changes from the Spurs game. Yeah. We we did start in the three four two one uh, formation. We had Rudiger, Zuma, and Tomori as center backs. Aspilicueta, yeah. Emerson on the wings. Mm-hmm. Conte, Jorginho with Kovacic missing out on yellow card accumulation. Yeah. William, Callum hudson Adoy starting, and Tammy up top. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, and I said this to you as soon as the lineup came out, I said I don't want us to be the 3-4-3 team. Okay? When it becomes a regular thing, that becomes a problem for us because we're not set up to be a 3-4-3 team. And I think it's a gimmicky formation because you're literally giving up your midfield if you're going against a team that has three in the midfield. Yesterday with Southampton, they had two, okay, but they still outplayed us. And when you go against a team with three midfielders and you only have two, it's a recipe for disaster. We've seen it in Champions League very recently when we gave up the midfield and they went right down our throats. Uh, We should have lost that game, by the way. But when Frankie did it against Spurs, it was a shocking thing and it was destabilizing to Mourinho and to Spurs. They didn't know what to do because they did not anticipate Frankie pulling that shit. It was a stunt. It was a stunt move, and it worked. But he should not have gone back to the well twice. He should have gone back to 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 or what have you because that's the way that our team is built. That's how we've designed it is that we have three, uh, 4-3-3 players. And... When he went with this, I knew immediately that it was a mistake, and it proved to be an exponentially worse mistake than I initially thought. And Southampton, when... Southampton lined up four four two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they had two midfielders, but normally we're, we'll be playing teams with three midfielders, and we cannot have a three four three formation. And that's Maybe why he changed that halftime. Um, yeah, that's. It's... To be completely honest, running a three-four-three, Ryan is spot on. You've got to have the right type of uh, players to be able to run in that. And Chelsea is not built that way, um, especially with your outside backs. I mean, not to be one that's going to harp on the same thing, but Asby is not a right wing back, mm-hmm. and, and Emerson maybe, but you're asking too much of him, right? Um, to me, it's a it's a it's a reassurance and what something that Ryan talks about a lot is his love for his man, Kovacic. And I think it shows a lot when they don't have Kovacic. Frankie, is is he, oh, shit? I mean, is that the reason we were in a 3-4-3? He doesn't have Kovacic. Uh, I don't know. I think that no. Frankie thought that if it wasn't broke, don't fix it. But it only worked against Spurs because they did not anticipate it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why we're in it. It's because our defensive record is so terrible and we shut out Spurs playing that formation. So I really, I can't blame him for starting in that formation again, Mm -hmm. but I was surprised a little bit that Alonzo played so well and he didn't, and starting in that formation again, he didn't start with him there. Also a little surprised that he didn't uh, put Reese in there. I think he would be a great wing back. I think he's injured, Paul. Is he? Uh, Let me check. He may be. Actually, I know he that. Is. Yeah, you're right. He is. Yeah. So that's. So fair. that was. I mean, that's so really that's him that, just but... with his hands tied. But you're right. You know, your your points are are very spot on. 
regardless. Yeah. But I think um, Southampton was ready for it, you know, and mm-hmm. it clearly didn't work. So second half, we went to the 4-3-3, mm-hmm. which – which, okay, so with the personnel we had, I agree on the field, it wasn't the right personnel for the formation we started in a 3 4 2 1. Mm-hmm. Asking too much of Emerson, probably. Um, with the center midfield, Jorginho is not as mobile, so he's not going to be able to cover as much ground with the two center midfielders. Oh, yeah. In general, I do like that formation a lot. Um, just because defensively it offers a little more, and I like the two, uh, the two like William and Mason Mount's position, or Callum Hudson Odoi in in this game's case, uh, playing behind Tammy and connecting with him a little bit more. I, I like that, uh, but yeah, second half we switched it. Uh, we took out Zuma, yep. who made a costly mistake. Well, for that goal, it's worth noting that Callum Hudson-Odoi turned the ball over. Yes. Then Tamori had a chance to break break up the play, missed the ball, and then your one-on-one was Zuma and easy inside-the-box curler. Right, but what did you say yesterday? There's a specific word that you said yesterday about Zuma's defending. What was it? Uh, Safe. It's what? You said safe. You said he defended safe. He gave him way too much space. The Kai had all day to curl that ball. Oh, no. I mean, he, he was – yeah, he was way too far off of him inside the box. Like, yeah, you, it's you can't do that. ridiculous. But, I mean, it all started with Cal Mutson-Odoi frivolously losing the ball for, at that point, probably the seven or eighth time. And yeah. instead of just taking a right-footed touch back towards your goal – playing it to one of your center backs and resetting. Now he tries to do some stupid shit, loses it, and we are utterly exposed. Part of that, yep. yes, is Jorginho's lack of athleticism because let's call a spade a spade. He is not Mateo Kovacic when it comes to being an athlete. He's just not. Not many players are. Mateo is extremely mobile. And same with, obviously, Conte. But Jorginho's a great player. I'm not going to – this is not the no, anti-Jorginho no. podcast. We love him. But no, no, he, he's no. got to have the right guys around him. So, what are your thoughts on uh, hot topic after this game? Callum Hudson Adoy <laughs> everywhere. JB, oh what do you got for us on him? Man, Hudson Adoy. Well, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that opens up a big conversation with him right now and, and getting to a point where we have transfer season ahead of us. Um, mm-hmm. A month ago, he wasn't really that mu- that much talked about, uh, and now he's being talked about in a way of is he's part of this team's future, and yeah. that's a big switch in a month. Um, it may be a little bit longer than that as far as that transition, but it's that's a pretty substantial change as far as where we've been on Adoy, um, yeah. and it's it's a bummer to see because you know again a couple months ago you asked us we're like we had some promising thing here and now it's like, all right, we're, we're ahead of you. We need to move forward. Uh, you know, I, I think it's at a point now where it's actually legitimately honest to look at, do we loan or do we, do we sell him? Yeah. So I've got a couple things and before his injury and before his transfer 
demand to Bayern Munich, which did happen, by the way. I was high on him. I really liked him. When he was 17 years old, and he was winning everything for Jody Morris, and, uh, you know, the, the academy team, the U18s, literally just burning through every single team. And he was one of the main reasons for it. But when he started making these demands, and when he started saying, I need playing time, I need playing time, when he's barely 18 years old, that's when I started to have a big problem with him. And one of the reasons being is that I've coached players his age, and I've been in situations, in fact, multiple situations, where I've had a player or players, plural, think that they deserve more playing time, and then they ask for a transfer to another club, like like Sparta or Forza or what have you, right? And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, number one, no, you're not getting the transfer. And number two, how dare you? You're going to question my judgment and how much playing time I'm giving you. It's the same thing here. It's the exact same thing. It's that entitled millennial mentality. And I'm not going to slate millennials because a lot of them are very smart and they mean well, but they're all very, very entitled, especially people around the age of 18, 19 years old, because they think that the world should be given to them instead of having to work for it. And that's an unfortunate mentality, but it is one that they possess more often than not. So when he asked for that transfer fee, okay, that put Chelsea in a horrible spot because we were about to lose Eden Hazard. Everybody in the building knew it. Marina, Roman, uh, Mauricio, sorry, everybody knew that Hazard was leaving, even the players, but no one said anything because they respect him too much. But we were in such a bad spot that we know Hazard's leaving and Adoy is asking for a transfer to fucking Bayern Munich? Are you kidding me? So all that hamstringing sorry into playing him, looking like a complete Judas in the media. And then on top of it all, getting 125 G's per week to play. And he's not even playing. And when he does, he plays horrible. I don't care about the injury. Because guess what? I've torn both my Achilles, and I came back better than ever. So I'm not going to sit here and, and, and uh, baby him and say, oh, it's such a catastrophic injury. No, it's not. It's 2019, and he didn't rupture it. He only tore it. If it ruptured, it would have slid up his leg like Kevin Durant. He did not do that. Okay? But all of that and his poor management team and his agent, who I think is his brother, giving him all sorts of bad advice. He bought into all of it. He bought into the hype. He made us look terrible. He forced that contract upon us. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but he's a footballer. And he's making more money in one week than a person working in the steel mill in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, would make in two years. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's only 19. Give him a break. I'm not going to give him a fucking break. Okay? And I'm not going to give him a fucking break because of how he treated Marina and how he treated my club during a time when we were in serious crisis mode with Hazard leaving. Okay, so guess what? He brought this upon himself. He deserves every licking and lashing that he is getting from the public, from the media, and from the fans because he betrayed them and their club, and now they're going to let him have it. Wow. There it is. The history of Callum Hudson-Odoi. And, I mean, you're right on with all of it. Uh, the one thing I'll add is Frankie's post-match uh, comments about Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, Take your time. You're good, man. Which are, he's still young. He's in a period now where he has a lot 
where he has to get his head down and work to show when he, when he can be ready for this club. I showed mm-hmm. faith in playing him today, and I will continue to do that. I've sat and probably been relatively harsh on Callum a couple times, but I don't think this is the moment to do that because today I saw effort and desire, and I've seen <laughs> I didn't it see in either training these last couple of weeks. So. <laughs> I mean, he worked, but we've seen better from him, no question. And it's tricky because Frank's tried to bring him along with substitute appearances, and that clearly hasn't worked. So he's got to get him more time and get him a start, which he did today. But, you know. So 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 here's my thing real quick. I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but is that – just coach speak for we're trying to drive up your value before transfer. No, no, Lampard's very candid with the uh, with the media. You think so? No, okay. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 his response, you know, or what is what he says after the game, you know, does seem very candid in that sense. It, it's just you see this so often, right? Um, oh, especially in the NFL, of course. You know, and in, in trying to get players opportunity, trying to maybe negate some of the things that are being said about them and try to maybe take, yeah. take a hold of the, um, yeah. you know, take a hold of the topic, right. Within what the media is talking about. Right. And, and flip it, change the narrative. Right. Yeah. So uh, there, there could be potential for that. It's just my issue here is that as a, as a Dorman fan, I just get Dembele nightmares and, yeah. and I'm just so grateful that we, so we sold when we sold and we had the opportunity to do that <laughs> and capitalize on, you know, the seller of Neymar, right? So, yeah. but yeah, that's that's kind of my two cents. Well, I can't, I also cannot believe how much Usmane Dembele went for. Holy shit. That was an overvaluation. Yeah. 120, 125? Oh my lord. Yeah, and he plays like 40% of the games. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. And, Nobody better well, at it. Well, than Paul, that. one more thing I want to add. One more thing I want to so, add. So anyway, Callum Hudson. Whether it's it's yeah. the young uh, black English kid winger comparison thing that Callum obviously gets with Jaden Sancho, and that they're best friends. You're always going to have uh, in the conversation when you're talking about one, the other one naturally comes up. But Callum actually thinks he's as good as Jaden Sancho, and I'm here to tell you. That is simply not the case. He thinks that he deserves everything that Sancho is getting. And that's just absurd to me. Sancho has double digit in both categories by December. And you can ask Jake because he watches every fucking game. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I mean, that's clearly not the case. Yeah. But, uh, it's a very critical point in his career. And Frank's got to be careful. I, I'm not sure what the right thing to do is, but I think there's no question he's a big talent and we need him to come good. So whatever well, that, needs to be he, done. He played over Pulisic. It out. And I, I, that just pisses me right off. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, Yeah. <laughs> We need we we lost this game and him starting clearly was the wrong decision. But I mean, coming into it, Frank's been getting Pulisic 
uh, a little bit of time off. I <laughs> Does think Mo Salah need refreshing. refreshments? Does Sadio Mane need refreshments? No. So uh, you know, I you know I don't agree with that argument. Even though I respect I respect your opinion, you know I do. But I know, I know, I know. All right, let's go. Let's move yeah. on. All right. So, what you what was your take on all of the uh, Twitter back and forth and conversations right. going on uh, regarding really the game in general, but okay. also Cal? So my whole work. thing is this. So, like, I literally today, I was just given an invitation in two weeks for a $300,000 work meeting, okay? I'm meeting with a very prominent company here in Utah. That's when I behave myself. In my work life, I am a professional. I wear a fucking tie every day, right? And I am respectful of everybody around me. I do not expect any fan to act like they are at work when they are watching their team play. And I am no exception because I am reactionary and I do just do this because I love the team and I love football and sports in general. I fucking watch Jake Ventrude, who's on this podcast, punch three holes in his ceiling when Utah lost to BYU. Number one reason is because he played for Utah. So that passion is part of it. That fandom deals with irrationality. And it does because guess what? We have to be at work all day. And we have to behave ourselves, especially me, because I, my company's enormous, and I, and I have to deal with these other people all the time, and I have to represent them, represent my company well in front of these people, okay? So when I'm watching Chelsea, I am not going to act like I am at work. Nini, uh, who is very smart and whom I respect, I like his videos on YouTube, but Nini, Yannick, all these guys, these YouTubers who think that being, that their fandom is an actual job. It's not an actual job. Paul, you are a doctor of teeth. You literally fix people's teeth. That's a job. I am a marketing consultant. That's a job. JB is in sales. That's a real job. What they do on the internet and how they react, that's not a job. That's a hobby. Fandom is a hobby. It is not a job. So for them to call me out and say, oh, you're being ridiculously reactionary and I was going to come on your podcast, but now fuck you. Okay. And at the same time, Two hours later, someone calls him out for a reactionary tweet that he sent, and Nini is the person I'm speaking about, and he says, well, yeah, I was being reactionary in the moment because I'm a fan. Okay, so it's cool for you to do that, but then you shit on me for doing the exact same fucking thing. Dude, not, we're, we're, not, we're not building a wall here. Okay, we're, we're not saving Habitat for Humanity. We're fans, okay? So act like a fan, because that's all we are, and we're just cheering for the team that we love, and when they don't do well and we're disappointed, you know what? That's part of it, too. That's what I have to say. fair and and like to me it's it's easy to type all this stuff on twitter and say these things but it's i i mean i'm just like all right you want to have a conversation and really get down means. to the bottom of and it look, and he could he could shit on me all he wants. i still like him i, I still care. like his youtube yeah. videos he's very smart so is yannick right. i don't take no i don't take right. anything personal, personal anymore i'm beyond right. that dude i don't give a shit what people think about me all right, moving on. Okay, JB, what do you got, man? Well, do you want me to continue on with that? With that, we're talking no, about no, that whatever subject. Whatever you want, whatever oh, you want to say. No, sorry. Um, no, I, I guess as far as what Twitter, yeah, it's a great place to go out and just say what you want to say and not have to back anything up. And, and you got people going and checking to see what other people are saying in the past. It's 
<laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about it. I know, I know, Ryan. Myself, we um, we don't agree with a lot of stuff, but okay. one thing we can agree with is that we're both passionate about the same things. Yeah. So, so why the why the fuck does it really matter that we disagree? What should matter is that right. we're passionate about the same thing, right? And so if we, you know, one thing's one way, one thing's the other way, it's okay to think that the other one's wrong. That's mm-hmm. totally fine, right? And again, what you should be grateful for, what you should be looking at, is holy shit, these guys are just as balls deep into it as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shared interest. It's a right? Interest. And shared interests are well, always well a good thing. Even if, you know, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, there are details that we don't agree with. The shared interest is what matters. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, we're on to Arsenal. At the Emirates. Mm-hmm. Arsenal has a new manager, Mikel Arteta. I have no idea. They did well because to land Pep is him. clearly out the door. I have no idea how they got Mikel Arteta. I mean, the only thing, he must be staying. He, mm. Either that or if he leaves, they're going to mm. hire Pochettino. I don't know what's going to happen. But, but yeah. Um, and in his first game in charge, Arteta mm-hmm. started Aubameyang and Lacazette together. Yeah. Which I They're think you have to do if you're an Arsenal manager. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you got to start ahead, both JJ. of them uh, again. Yeah. If I'm Arsenal, you got to start both of them. You need goals right now, um, and they're both goal scorers, and and more than one way. Yep. Um, and he needs to come out and score some goals. I mean, it's especially right now with what they got on the defensive side. Um, we'll move to that. With lots of injuries, I, I, you can't sit in a yeah, box and try to hold injuries. teams out. You kind of have to outscore people right now. Um, so you don't have a, you're not really in a place to play Abba 60 and, and Lacazette at 30. Now you need at least both of them out there for 60. Yeah. I would say I really respected Mikel Arteta as a player. Yeah. He's a Spanish international, he has caps for his home country. And as a manager, from what I've seen, he's exceptional. He's basically a Pep Guardiola clone. Probably with a little London flavor, of course, because that's where he made his nut. But, man, yeah, I, I think this is a great hire for them. I'm very curious to see whether he wants to make Arsenal the new Man City or whether he wants to play within the personnel that he has. I don't know this, but I'm very curious because I really like Mikel Arteta. Um, I fucking hate Arsenal, but I like Mikel Arteta. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's going to be interesting because, like JB said, they don't have the defense to, uh, especially even the players to begin with, but especially with injuries, to be able to sit back and kind of be a shell and then go on the counter uh, against Chelsea like the teams that we've played and struggled against have done against us. So they might be coming at the right time for us because we certainly need a bounce back here. And uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how both teams line up, really. I I don't expect us to go no. the 3-4-2-1 no. again. Do you guys? I don't see it. I don't see it. Unless there's some injuries that we're not aware of yeah. or something that's going surprised. on. I just don't think you can go back to it. Yeah. So I'm going to get into what I think the lineup should yeah. be. And because Mateo Kovacic is back, this is going to factor into that. Left back, I want it to be Emerson Palmieri. 
center backs, and this is the key to the entire game. Unfortunately, it has come down to this, but this is the key to the whole game. I want Andreas Christensen and Antonio Rudiger at center back. Right back, obviously, Reese James. No doubt about it, because if they throw Nicolas Tepe out there, we better have the fastest motherfucker of our defense right on his ass. Because that dude is lightning in a bottle. Um, for the midfield, go. Yeah, I think I think he Oh, you never know. Right with, with Arteta, you don't but know. I don't know. Under Arteta, that might change. Yeah, it. I mean, he, he could do the no. inverted winger thing. Right. Uh, left footed player on the right side, right footed player on the left side, which is something that I uh, often did as a coach. Exactly. Um, and then in the midfield, yeah. Jorginho, N'Golo Conte, and the best player on our team, uh, Mateo Kovacic. For the forwards, this is who I want. I want Mason Mount, I want Christian Pulisic, and I want Tammy Abraham. William has played a ton of games. And this wow. is one of those times where it's like Mount. one game and then three days later. Terrible scheduling, by the way, uh, to our new game. So, yeah, it should not have been like that, but it is. And William has worked his balls off. I think he deserves a rest. Who is, All by right, the way, going to get for the old deal. man of the team? I mean, like, dude, he's, he's literally saying, I don't want to go to Barcelona. I don't want to go to Juventus. I don't want to go anywhere. I only want to play here. And if he wants it that bad and he's so public about wanting to stay at Chelsea, I, I, just, I just love the attitude. Yeah, I don't know how you don't. I love the loyalty. And he's played tremendous. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. Give him another year. And then next year we'll see where we're at. I'm pretty similar, right, actually, baby, with Rye. Um, I, I don't know if I would make any changes. I do believe, though, they're going to start Asby right back. And <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> He's probably right. But, other, but otherwise, I would say that's uh, – I would stick with the same. Yeah. And, and, we, may see, and we may see Adoy instead of uh, – Adoy instead of Mount. Now, he may give Adoy a start again. Oh, what a disaster. Oh, my God. It just—it would be because psychologically the kid is not fit. He's just not fit psychologically right now. And look, I get it. I am not an empath. Paul is an empathetic person. I am not. I am an asshole. But I can even understand that Hudson Adoy is not right in his mind right now. He is just not. So starting him would be an enormous mistake. So, Arsenal's going to have Bellerin in, a, in contention. Oh, there's a name. Rob Holding should be in contention as well. Yeah, I, I, which it's a name, but it's a big no, I want deal them to for start them because they don't have options to begin with. And when you – well, that, that's coming up. They're also going to have yeah. Uh, yeah. Gabriel Martinelli. Mm-hmm. He'll be back, which he's a good player going forward. But, um, yeah, could we so. possibly see David Luiz center back? Oh, um, man. Uh, <laughs> it would be a lot of fun to see him play against yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun to see him try and keep up with Tammy Abraham. Oh, really boy. Would. Oh, man. Yep. He hasn't – Luis hasn't gotten much time mm-hmm. of late, so I don't expect him to start. Yeah. But – 
It would be a big nod from the new coach. Uh, three um, one Chelsea. What are you guys' predictions? Score lines. Two 0 Chelsea. JB. Yeah, it's just something wow, that we're allergic to. Apparently. Fantastic. Paul is so frustrated. Oh, I will go. It's terrible. Uh, I, I, Frank, Frank's comments post game. We need to figure out ways to score goals. Yeah. I'm like Frank. How about we keep a? Clean I know, team? man. Ever heard of it? Literally, it's terrible. We have we have given up the second most goals Are you in the serious? league behind Newcastle. Uh, it's it's an atrocity. I don't I don't understand. And yet Jesus. he's talking about scoring. Goals. Have, I mean, I could not imagine Antonio Conte conceding this uh, many goals. It would never happen. Holy no, shit. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on to my rye test, which is a spinoff of the eye test. Obviously. All right, real quick, though. Hey, what is Paulinho? What are you project- projecting? Oh, you're right. Sorry. Sorry, Paul. My bad. No, let's see. Um, I'm going 4-1 Blues. Nice. Mm. Where are we playing? At the Emirates. Okay, then we're definitely going to win because we're not playing at home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So, transitioning into my ride test. My ride test is very simple. The two center backs. And it better not be Kurt Zuma. No, I'm hoping him getting subbed at half is a thing, uh, a sign of things to come. Yes. What I want them to do is marshal from minute one to minute 90, marshal everything, maximum amount of communication, maximum amount of high standards and expectations and holding everybody accountable. From minute one to minute 90, from the window to the motherfucking wall, I want beasts back there. I want leaders. I want to see Rudy screaming at Jorginho to get back. I want to see all of it. Because if we don't, we will get ripped apart by Arsenal. Yep. I like it. Center backs, you're on the right test. (laughs) You're on the right test, baby. JB, any thoughts on the right test? Uh, No, I'm right in line. Um, This is against a team right now in Arsenal that is going through a transition, not only, you know, with the new manager, but they've got injuries in the back line. And sure, Chelsea has had transitions on their back line throughout the year, but had a pretty decent year so far. And you've had the same manager and not a lot of changes. So, I mean, yeah, you've had changes, but not the changes Arsenal's going through. So there's no reason you shouldn't be the dominant team tomorrow. There's no reason. Oh, our midfield will be far superior, especially if they uh... – <laughs> If they start, Mateo can't doozy. Oh, my God. I'm begging them to start Kenduzi because he's so bad and his hair sucks and he's the worst. He's the oh, worst. Kovacic will run circles around. Oh, him. my God. Oh, no Please doubt. make it happen. Please make it happen, Mikel Arteta. I want to see Kenduzi try Kovacic just one time. Oh, my Lord. It's going to be a beauty, beautiful thing. So, JB, why don't you lead us into some uh, transfer rumors, latest for the Blues? Uh, so, some transfer rumors uh, as we kind of go into 
Yeah, the time of the year, right? I mean, everyone talks about the holidays, but you know what the holidays brings is transfer right. season, baby. Right. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Are coming around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially right now when we've had, you know, just uh, some some handcuffs on us as far as what we could do. Um, I, I think first and foremost, the thing we've been hearing recently is Isco, and that gets me excited. Um, Isco is a very, very good player, very talented. A player who can play outside, but preferably probably would sit him inside um, as the yep. central camp. But he's he's a hell of a player, um, and I would love to see him on the team. I think it really impacts what you what the future of um, RLC and uh, as well as Mason Mount if you bring in a player like him. Yep. Um, but I think ultimately, if if you've got an opportunity, to Isco. <laughs> He's, in my opinion, he's a top 10 cam in the world. So she really is. And he's creative. That's the key word here. Creative. How do you Mm -hmm. break down teams that sit back in their own box against us? And a lot of the teams in England do that. How do you break down teams? You have a creative player like Isco. Well, he he does a lot of what Jorginho does, but from a more attacking position. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. A little bit he's further. More, he's yeah. a little more dynamic as well. Yeah, no, most certainly. But I mean, as far as facilitating, right? Yes. Um, yes. And so I think that that allows you to, you know, play. If you could play Kovacic and Conte behind him, my oh. goodness. Oh, right. oh my God. Right? Yeah. Because then yeah, you got the yeah. facility. You got, I mean, that's wow. right. So uh, I think he's the, the most recent rumor I will bring up. Um, obviously, what got. I like. What so, I like about him is the tactical flexibility. He, he, we need both attacking center mids right now and wingers, and he can do both. Yeah. And Carlito, what are we looking at on price? I think it's pretty reasonable. It's 44 for, million euros, and one of the reasons yeah. why it's so drastically reduced is because he is nearing the end of his contract, same as Erickson. The reason I bring up Erickson is because they need to sell in order to buy Erickson. They are running into FFP regulatory issues they do not have uh the well no what i'm what i'm trying to say is their their balance sheet is not balanced at all they need to sell in order to buy erickson or they will run into sanctions there it is financial fair play i'm uh, i'm glad somebody's playing by the rules yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all that kuwaiti bouillon from abu dhabi from man city those fucking cheaters Oh my god! One, well, so one of the other ones, and this literally came up today, is Philippe Coutinho down to seventy mil. Now here's the thing: I would rather have Isco than Philippe Coutinho. I agree with you. What I would you as well. Think, JB? I yeah. would as well. I mean, Coutinho is, is also very, very, very talented. He's a little bit better, I would say, outside, so he's going to be used a little yes. bit more. But he doesn't have the pace to be a winger, in my opinion. For yeah. a starting winger, I mean, he's he's Grant. He's super talented. He's a very very good player. I just don't think he's a left winger um, for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. He has goals from outside the box, but eh, not not consistently enough for me. Mm. And then obviously, um, Jaden Sancho. But BVB is taking no calls right now. I just read this, Paul, before I got on the phone with you guys. So the other name that popped up, and you're going to be surprised, or maybe not, 
David Neres. <laughs> Carlito's boy. From, my boy. Uh, my boy from Ajax. I fucking love David Neres. So he yeah. has come back into the Chelsea foyer. It could be an option. We'll see. All right. We have options. That's the good news. <laughs> well, when you have money, you always have options. That's it. Do you want to hear? All right. So my, my opinion on why Sancho, why BBB shut off communication for Sancho. Let's hear it. <laughs> They're going to do the same thing they're gonna, they did back with Dembele. All right. Yeah. If if Neymar's moving this summer, wait for that window to open, and there the money starts flowing again, right? If you sell right now in January, you're to that market. It's essentially an open market. Come summer, once you have a Neymar contract out there again, that market's on hold until that money comes out, and then you really can drive up your price based on who gets that, where the money's coming from. You can right? set the so, market. Right. Yep. So that's why I, I think that and as well, you look at some of the form that that uh, uh, BVB has been in. I mean, we've barely made our way into uh, into the knockout stage, but we're starting to transition and, and we're going through a stage right now where the three four three is actually much in our favor. Um, and that's a lot of the fact just that we've got right wing backs and left wing backs for days right now. And some of the best in the world, actually. Um, and we're starting to trend in the right direction right? we didn't have a very good spring. I mean, a very good uh, fall. And I thought that mm, we may be selling him come January because he's having such a great time now in December. Let's try to capitalize on that. I think they're focused on, look, let's try to keep this team together. Let's not talk about that shit. Let's go out and let's, let's see if we can actually compete this fucking year and let's get ourselves a Bundesliga title. That's why exactly not, what it is. And why, and, why, and why not go out and see what we can do in UCL as well? Right, this team right now it can score goals, right? And they need maybe one. They need maybe one yeah. move, but they don't need anybody to leave. They just need someone in. You right? know exactly what that move is, Jake. It's it's Havertz. Well, yeah, that is, but that's not going to happen till till Sancho. Um, let's not make any big moves as far as you know uh, bringing you know as far as sending anybody out right now and yes i think that if they were to sell sancho it would be one of those just like they did with Pulisic. hey we sell him in january we're not getting them to the next year but mm-hmm. now with neymar he's coming about for next summer nope let's hold off and wait for that market to reset yeah. it's a great take it's a very informed take i dig it yeah it is well let's hope we can get the deal done now and just have him join later i think that would be at this point, a good option for both sides. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not if you're well, Dortmund. No, I, but... think Dortmund. <laughs> I think it's in Dortmund just to hold out, personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they're, they're shrewd businessmen over there at Dortmund, man. They yeah. kill everybody else when it comes to doing good business. It's, it's one of the most astounding things I've ever seen. It's quite yep. impressive. It's quite yeah. impressive. A hundred percent. It's unbelievable. They, they should write books on this management team they have over there. They're, no way. Bored. It's unbelievable. They don't want to tell everybody how they do it. That's right. It's their secrets. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, it starts with their academy, obviously. Yeah. yeah it, it, except, when, except when they sell the buy-in, they always seem to give them a cut rate for whatever reason. <laughs> There's a reason for that. There is, and – and and then I don't want to speculate. I don't want to. I, I I mean, I'll speculate. Fuck it. Um, yeah, I mean, Byron I'm intrigued because I have no idea what you're about to say. Byron only. Yeah. 
Brian Byron not bought him out, but they they bought him out of uh, bankruptcy and saved him. Uh, really? Yeah, not ten years ago. Byron wasn't <laughs> going to make it. I mean, sorry, uh, Dortmund wasn't going to make it. Byron bought him out. I gave him a you know substantial amount of money to be able to pay off um, some things, and so BVB was able to stay around. There that seems like they've got a viper's grip on Dortmund then because they will always go back to that well. Mm, not silly. Look, Hummel's just, Hummel's just switched. Yeah. Yeah. They go back and forth as they please. Yeah. So it's it's kind of, I think it's, I think it was a, I think it was kind of a 10 year kind of thing, you know, <laughs> that's fascinating. I did not know that. Yeah. That's my speculation behind some of those. I mean, you also look at, they didn't, they didn't get a Royce. Yeah. Sure. I think injury concerns were part of it. Yeah, that's true. And Mueller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is a legend. Um, okay. So, to be frank, I think this is the best podcast we've ever done. Uh, Jake, you were excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. Wow. Good stuff, JB. It's always great to be able to join and talk some football with uh... – with my boys, talk some Chelsea, talk some BBB. I mean, we're in a fun time right now. We got a lot of speculating we can do, and and uh, it's it's good. It's good, even the, despite despite the fact that we're looking at these five of these last seven. Let's it's the opportunity lost, and now let's go out and let's fucking take the opportunity. So, yeah. Well, well, hold on to that whole reappearance thing. I may want you on more regularly if you have the time. <laughs> always, always, always available to join. Ah, well, I know Paul loves that, but n- I now do too. So, bring us <laughs> home, Carlito. All right, hey, this has been a transcendent episode of the London is Calling podcast. Obviously, shitty news. We played awful, but we can always turn it around with the London Derby, and it's coming fast, hot out of the kitchen. I cannot wait. All right, because if we win. I'm going to talk the most outrageous shit you've ever heard in your fucking life to Shane Samwell. Get your knives out, Shane. I'm coming for that ass. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Cheers.